I wish all breweries would just focus on just like a simple get drunk pilsner. Shower beer. Yeah. Is shower is shower the most the common the biggest seller? Is that the yeah. one? Shower beers are. It's a Czech pilsner. It's the biggest seller. I saw the uh, when I read the uh, like what is it the breweries of every state thing that you posted. Oh yeah. Your shower beer is the most popular one. Yeah. Pretty drinking cool. copper was the best one they ever did as far as i'm yeah, concerned it, it tasted like fucking beer it was just beer <laughs> so what you want matt would come into the bar and if i was working i would just like start pouring him a drinking copper immediately <laughs> well when when it first came out and i got in there was it like a bud um, heavy kind of feel it's just like it, it this is what's supposed to be yeah okay. it was just like it's a beer that wasn't too sweet okay it was a mild pint of ale okay like a real ale. fairly well, fairly dark amber ale. Okay, that just tasted right. Oh, and the it day that like... there was no more, the look on Matt's face. <laughs> what? I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> now there's there's like genuine dismay. No. Yeah. yeah, I was sad. All right, shall we? Yeah. Yes. Welcome to the Three Linesman Podcast. I'm Luis. And I'm Matt. And I'm Ian. Oh. And we had some football. <laughs> I dropped my phone. <laughs> so, it has been a minute since we all gathered to, uh, to discuss the goings-on in the world of football. No. Well, un- unfortunately, I think we have to start off with the, with the sad note. Hi, Srivad Hanaprabha. The owner of Leicester City. Um, this this story unfolded in a kind of a strange. I don't know if you guys were following as it happened, sort of at I all, mean, or just I watched the game. Yeah, live. I, I did, and it it did seem kind of bizarre. Like there were some weird things, and then there, oh, we don't know if he was aboard, and he was like, well, if he wasn't, wouldn't he say so, and all the rest, and that's a good point. It, it's like for hours, and it's like, oh, we, we still don't know if he was on board. And it's like, well, even the next morning, he would, like, yeah, even the it, next morning, it, it, it was, was going still and going and going, and yeah. and it's like, well, he would have said, no, I wasn't on it. I'm actually still here. Look, here I am. Hello, right. But yeah, I mean, you you see, you know, when they won the when they won the prem a couple of years ago, they you know he's there and they like grab him and throw him up in the air and parade him around on their shoulders and. You know, just had such a good time uh, with this guy who clearly loved the club and uh, and and loved football. Um, so it was a it was a big loss for Leicester City and and for football in general. Yeah, um, I don't think that you you wouldn't see this outpouring for a lot of owners of clubs. Yeah, so it was a it was a a catastrophe. Yeah, pretty much. That's that word's I guess overused. I think, but that, that probably is about accurate for that. I mean, this is a guy that he, he I think he donated $2 million to, towards a new children's hospital in Leicester um, or pounds or, or whatever it was. Uh, the other note that I had was he contributed 100,000 pounds to reburying the remains of Richard III that they found, remember? In Leicester? Yeah, because they found it under a car, yeah, yeah. car park. Car park, park yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, David Squires, who's always excellent with his cartoons and, and 
the his piece about um about this incident uh <laughs> had, had that fact and then had a, a panel with Richard the third turning around over his shoulder saying you what <laughs> I mean uh, as we all know you what you built a car park over me or you disinterred me <laughs> yeah all right well um what other football happened besides one one draw between Leicester and well, it was West Ham, was it not? Yeah, West Ham. We we had the um, rather confusing setup at Wembley, which continues to be uh, play play host to Tottenham, at least for the foreseeable next maybe 25, 30 years. Yeah. So when I mean, we talked what's about the those... latest with with Spurs Stadium, new stadium, what's going on? Is they we had mentioned we had mentioned those critical safety issues that initially delayed, like way back when, before the season even started, had delayed uh, the 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 first match that was going to be played there. Then they came out and had that public relations disaster when they said, "Oh, we might have to play a few more matches at Wembley," and kind of like tried to play everything off and play it cool a little bit because they were, but still slipped in there that they were still taking credit, taking care of critical safety measures mm-hmm. and then this past week they conclusively said there would be no much no more matches played until 2019 is is what they've said 20, so far right, oh. 2019 um i'm beginning to think it's not critical safety systems after all it's like a foundation thing it's just it's just built on crap no i just don't think they're finished like <laughs> 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 I just think we're not done. And they're like, well, we can't start because, I mean, we're pretty much done, but we've got these safety systems that we got to get taken care of. I thought you I were going to go much more comical with this. Like, they had spent two weeks trying to build a trophy room for, well, no, no trophies. <laughs> well, they've probably done that as well. <laughs> In fact, 70% of the space is, you know, is designated for, for trophy space. And... They do now have the league's largest team shop. Right. That's that's open. I assume the fromagerie is open. I was going to say the cheese room, that's open. And you won't catch me hating on the fromagerie because hey, it's cheese. That's it's just cheese. addition to any stadium. Yeah. Given yeah. how that pitch looked, I don't even know how they played the match, but oh, I don't it think was, it was on it was very difficult to figure out what the hell was going on. And I swear there are times just just like when I've you know, when we've played Sunday side where you've got like extra you've got lines and nobody's quite sure which one's the one that's out. It's goddamn lacrosse. Lacrosse lines just kill me. Yeah. So somebody's you know, somebody like stops going and the other one like runs around and takes the ball because it's not out yet and the other one thinks it is, or someone takes a throw in from five yards inbounds because yeah, they think that's throwing the ball. Yeah. <laughs> Like, no, that's, uh, you can't do that. I mean, that's what it looked like. That this field that we're talking about is not Tottenham's new stadium, it is in fact Wembley. Right, yes. And I I don't understand, like, why why they didn't relay turf. I mean, it was was a day turnaround. It it was just one day turnaround. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Well, yeah, I mean, that shit shouldn't be on English football stadium <laughs> well Tottenham shouldn't be in that English football stadium yeah, I mean at least it's football I mean I would expect that kind of talk coming from me but I mean for you to talk about Tottenham in that way man that, that, that shit shouldn't be in English football 
I meant I meant the American football, um, as you well know, as you well know, and you're just you know comically, you know, choosing to ignore. So there was an actual match that went on. Right. And it was uh, it was Manchester City, uh, not playing super well, but I, I think it was getting the job done. It was a pretty good example of like holding somebody at arm's length while they swung at you and couldn't quite reach you. Uh, I mean, I there were there were some opportunities. Yeah. It didn't. It never really looked very dangerous, though, for Man City. It just looked like it got chaotic, right? And I don't know if it would have looked that chaotic on a, on a pitch that didn't have twenty thousand extra fucking lines on it. But or from a team that doesn't normally look completely in control all the time, right? Like if you so, saw West Ham playing like that, it, you wouldn't be like, "Oh my god, they're out of control." You'd been like, "Oh, it's West Ham." Yeah. <laughs> So with Man City, it looked chaotic, and I don't know if that's you know we can we can say Tottenham's pretty good. It made Man City kind of lose their shape and lose their their mo. But for whatever reason, it looked that it devolved into kind of more amateur amateur style football. And but then they but they still never really looked like they were going to get scored on Man City. Yeah, terribly. There were some chances, but it wasn't like, oh yeah, they should score here, or wow, that you know, that was dangerous. It was just like, all right, yeah, it's chaotic, and they're getting a few opportunities and sniffs, but nah, Man City's probably got this still. Yeah, I mean, they took off Aguero and put on De Bruyne. We should also mention that they scored in the sixth minute. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Mara scored in the sixth minute. They threw on De Bruyne, and he just did. I mean, this is his first match back from injury he didn't look like he was he was sharp he was trying to i'm sure that the state of the pitch didn't help him any and and tottenham made a point of, of harassing him so i think city just lost a little bit of uh composure in midfield and mm. also changes that tottenham made helped out because tottenham started with a midfield of uh of eric dyer and dembele which that's a bruiser that they played with and they had Sissoko Lamello and uh sorry Sissoko Lamella and uh Lucas Mora in front of them. I like Lamello. Lamello, yeah. It doesn't scream control is the point. <laughs> right. Um but Lamello they, they is a little out. bitch in this match, I reckon. Yeah. Well they subbed <laughs> out the three of them and put on Ericsson, Deli Alley, and Harry Winks, which you'd think would be their first choice and, three. And what and what was amazing was that 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 new combination, that's when Man City started having problems. Or at least more problems than they had before. It doesn't seem that amazing. It wasn't surprising. I mean, I assume that the lineup was such, at the beginning, to contain Man City, but six minutes into the right. game, you're fucked. So I don't know why those changes didn't come earlier to give Tottenham a, a chance of coming back into the game. I think Pep described it as the most physical team that he's ever played against. Mm-hmm. And he, he, he called out by name, Alderweireld, Dyer, Dembele, and Sissoko. Yeah. And so, I mean, so that was, that was Pochettino's goal was to just, you know, was field this strong team yeah. and, and try to, you know, strong arm them. You don't Didn't put work. Dyer and Dembele in the same general vicinity unless you want to control some aspect of that midfield in a, in a violent way. 
yeah, you just want to break up the midfield. You don't really want to control it yeah. with with the ball. Right. Well, so it, was, it was billed as a decent matchup, and yeah, I think it was just, it fell flat. Yeah. So what else did we have on track for the, uh, or on tap for the, uh, the Premier League? I guess Pereira's goal. But his goal, I think, was, everybody was talking about how amazing it was. It, it was against Huddersfield. Just, right. just throwing that out there. But I don't think Huddersfield. I think it was, I think it was Hutters, it was, it was like me dribbling down a hallway and then kicking it through an open door. But there were a lot of dummies in that hallway though. I mean, he goes, he goes around the first one or two decently, but then the rest of them, he doesn't actually move the ball. He just goes straight towards goal and the ball's rolling. He doesn't touch it ever. He just kind of shimmies back and forth in front of it. And the defenders just jump out of his way. And then he kicks it in the net. Everybody's like (laughs) the angle that he's going to like the next move that he's going to take. And he just never takes another move. And he doesn't touch the ball. Like they could just reach out and kick the fucking ball. Like just kick it. It's there. (laughs) And instead they're like worrying about him shimmying his hip back and forth. And then it just, he just goes and they just move out of his way. And then he puts it through the keeper's legs. Oh, I didn't see that. Does he? No, he doesn't. I think think he he puts it to the side. No. He puts it to the side and the keeper gets a hand to it. Well, yeah, he puts yeah. it really close to the keeper. And he goes... Close, and he goes close enough that the keeper got a hand to it, even though he was completely by himself. Right. Yeah. He should have stopped it. Anybody should have stopped him yeah. at any point. Um, no, but it did look very amateur. It was like, it was like watching... Huddersfield? Like the worst local <laughs> division. You know. It that, wasn't like that, though. Because like none of them have played football before, and there's somebody who's half decent that shows up and just goes straight through the middle of them, and they just get out of his way. All right. So what else in the Premier League? The rundown, the rundown of shit penalties. Yeah. So it wasn't a great week for penalties in the Premier League. Uh, I just I want to start off on the right note, Ian. What did you think about the early Mustafi penalty? <laughs> that was definitely a penalty. Because <laughs> you right. love Mustafi yeah. so much. Um, so uh, to this was what, when was this? It was just before halftime. It's it's the type of defending that you I mean, try we, to avoid. We're running out of ways to talk about his mistakes, and so so you go to the actual penalty. And this play starts with Mustafi pressed way up the field. Uh, he's got, I can't remember who is carrying the ball. I think it's, I think it's Zaha the entire time. Oh, he, you're talking about the second one now? In the second one. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, so Mustafi all- in, in Crystal Palace's offensive half gets turned by Zaha, has a chance to take him down. Because he obviously has no problem going to ground and taking somebody out to snuff out the danger in the six-yard box. So why not the other side of the, the safe side of the center circle? He doesn't do it there. He turns, makes up the ground, manages to get a, a, a hand on him. Could just like grab the shirt, haul him down. Doesn't, and then he lets him go. And surprise, surprise, Jaka can't do anything with Zaha. <laughs> this is a man who can't move. 
We, we talked about his lateral movement difficulties. His, his lack of lateral movement. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I, I don't think this is a penalty as far as I'm concerned. This is, this is one of the classic examples of like the drive and dive of you put it past somebody and then jump over their leg and it's a penalty somehow. You're right. But it shouldn't have gotten to that point. Right. Well, okay. should have should have snuffed out this danger. Mm. Long ago. And uh, my only he played today in the uh, the Carabao Cup versus Blackpool. Um, I which watched some of that. Hope that he's not in the lineup at Liverpool or versus Liverpool. I'm not sure if it's at Liverpool or versus, but um, this weekend. I'm hoping Socrates is is back to health, and it's going to be Socrates and holding the play. Because can you imagine what he decides to do against Salah or Mane? Mm. I mean, at that point, you'd think 12 minutes into the match, he'd have a red card, and then you'd be good. You wouldn't have to deal with him the rest of the match. (laughs) Sure, you'd be down to 10 men, but still, like... But you wouldn't have to have Mustafi in there worrying about him. So to Matt's point... This was the classic. The penalty that Zaha won was the classic. What do what you call it? Drive and dive? Yeah. That... I call it the drive and dive. You, you run at a player, you put it by them, and then you jump past them. Ronaldo did it for years. Players do it. And at, at most, it should only be obstruction. It can't be a foul. Because he has no chance to get to the ball. Right. I mean, in Granite, like in, in Shaka, Granite Shaka, the, gran, you know, the man of stone, he, uh, he goes for the ball. He's just slow going for the ball. So his leg is out slightly, but he doesn't ever foul him. Zaha goes into his leg. Yeah. It's not a trip. It's this guy's run into Xhaka. So it, you could either you could say, well, he's barged into, into Xhaka or it's obstruction, but you can't really give a, a, a foul for it. It's not really. I mean, I, has- I don't know. I, it drives me nuts basically, and the fact that obstruction seems to have just gone out the window. I don't know when. Tell me about those indirect free kicks, Matt. How do you feel about those? <laughs> He's catching on. <laughs> I, think, I think I'm on record enough as saying... <laughs> Too many indirect free kicks. Get them out. Get them out of the game. I, I think that particular dead horse has been beaten way too often. But it just doesn't seem right that the strategy that a lot of these strikers take once they get in the box is not to get to the goal. It's to push the ball past the defender and then fall over whatever contact having Mm. no or no contact or no, or no contact. But like in these situations, like the two that we're going to discuss this week, uh, the one Zaha that we're talking about now, and then uh, Martial in the United game, uh, they, they both, manufacture contact but have no chance of getting to the ball afterwards so it's not a it's not denying a goal scoring opportunity or I mean it's a foul they're calling a foul in the box but it just doesn't seem right I think we, this is now the second season where they keep on talking about fines and cards being assessed after matches in certain leagues for diving mm. and for all of this and I think last season they started out kind of strong, you know, taking stances here and there, but fairly certain. I mean, after, what was it, the the Kennedy uh, leg hack the second week into the season where... Can't get away with that. 
Yeah, you essentially said like, oh, like, well, the the ref dealt with it on the field, and we're not going to do anything there. Yeah. I, once that happened, seems... I'm pretty like at least my confidence in the judicial process that takes place after a match was completely gone. I zero confidence in that shit ever working. Well, plus whenever they whenever they do whenever they have done in the past and said, oh, we're going to find this one for diving or whatever, and how you know none of these things are the players don't care because it's a slap on the wrist. You know, they're making millions of pounds a year and they're going to say, oh yeah, we're going to charge him 5,000 pounds. Oh, okay. That's not a disincentive, to, you know, to not do the action. It's like, well, that's just saying you get fined something for it, but it doesn't actually do anything to the match. You still get the result. Everything is exactly the same except, oh yeah, by the way, oh, I've had to, you know, get rid of my, you know, well, the change that was in my in my shorts at the time. What you need to do is five thousand five thousand pounds just in single coins. <laughs> in fifty p. Well, I mean the amount of money you know the amount. No, of money I, I know it's chum change. Like, I, I get you. It's, but it's ridiculous. So I don't think that retroactive fines will do it. I don't think retroactive bans will do it. I think you need to get VAR in there and review every penalty decision, and if a player is a judge to have dived, you take him off in that game because that's what the players are thinking about. They're like, what, what can I do to my team win in this match? If I get a, if I get a penalty, if I get a suspension for the next match, it's, it's not really, that's not the point. It's like, and this, this current VAR system is complete bullshit where they go and like, look at, they go off like six minutes later after an incident, they go off the pitch and look well, at a little screen. That. But well, there was there was an instance where it's like okay, there's a penalty claim and nothing happens, and then the ball goes up the other end of the pitch and it's in play for a few minutes and it goes out of bounds and finally the referee could go and look at it. It's it's not so much in, it's not so much the, a few minutes, but you're right. In in some cases, especially early on, it was a little rough. I do think that they've mm-hmm. they've certainly streamlined it at least in the I, I've been watching a lot of the Liga matches and they've been using it quite well. And mm. slightly different to the World Cup setup. I know a lot of folks, like when we were watching the World Cup, I was looking at this yeah, VAR was... room and it looked like there were 30,000 people in there. Yeah, you can't fight in here. This is the VAR room. <laughs> and it was now in, in Spain, it's just like three dudes looking at screens. It's very streamlined. Like they have actual referees running the, the VAR rooms. It seems, it's more, it seems like way... it's more efficient. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so the, the Martial. Uh... Um, penalty dive thing that he did i like Uh, i like the drive and dive that's a that's a great drive and dive yeah that's yeah it describes a lot of a lot of the penalty kicks yeah um so this is the pogba penalty right is Is that the one yeah crap that's the one pogba took which uh and takes in the amount of time we've been talking about these penalties he still hasn't kicked will have almost finished his run-up that's one a podcast hasn't done before <laughs> we've talked about the misdirection and how much it plays into things yeah we get it we've talked about players being a little bit uh, fanciful somewhat creative with the rates at which they approach the ball okay this was just quintessential <laughs> Penalty kick bullshit. It took everything. Yeah. Someone counted the steps, didn't they? You sent me the graphic. It was what? Twenty six steps. Twenty six fucking steps. There, there are some, there's some. Somebody's 
put, I didn't do it, but do you um, think Zaza was just back there watching, going, oh, <laughs> oh, look at it. the world, <laughs> the world record of steps for penalty. Um, he's in. He's taken five penalties. He's taken ninety-two steps, five penalties. Comes out to eighteen point four steps per penalty. <laughs> this was the penalty equivalent of Pereira's solo goal. Yes. It was just very slowly. You had enough time to ask what at least three times. Mm -hmm. But not out loud. The first one would have been just like a a tilt of the head. And then the second, what would have been? And a narrative of the eyes. And then they're going to be like, (laughs) just like a final. And then he, and then it's safe. Like it wasn't, it wasn't a great kick, and the keeper saves it. It was a great save. And then he's, you know, oh, okay, it was a great save. Maybe um, I don't quite remember, but the keeper saves it. Got his his, his trailing hand up, mm. and stopped it as he was diving past it, All right. which is good. So, unfortunately, so it was a good save into the path. I mean, it's it's ridiculous that Pogba does all this and still doesn't score the goal right away. He does score the rebound off the keeper, but it's just like, the what the done. hell is So uh, a quick little um, just mention of the table. We've got Manchester City leading uh, on goal differential. They're tied with Liverpool on points, right. 26 points at the top. Uh, Chelsea, 24 points. Arsenal, 22 points. Tottenham, 21 points. And AFC Bournemouth, 20 points. Two points behind Arsenal and one point behind Tottenham, who are still, to my knowledge, having their best start to a season ever. Wow. And Bournemouth are one point behind them. So uh, do you want to... I think that, that about wraps it up for, for part one. That was cathartic. Yeah, that was a good that was a good one. An airing of grievances. Someone's got to give a peppier welcome back than I will. Hey, welcome back. <laughs> um, that was way too peppy. Just turn that dial. Dial that back a bit. Uh, hey, hey. Uh, welcome back. I mean, that's a bit creepy, but mm. that will do, I suppose. Welcome back. Welcome back to the second part of the Three Linesman podcast. Welcome back to the second part of the Three Linesman podcast. It, it all sounded beautiful. Great. So. The El Clasico. Sorry. So what was the final score of this game? Five to one. Five, five to one. Manita. You knew exactly what it was. You still had to ask it. A yeah. Terrible human yeah. being. I'm not. But it's not every day that you get a Manita. Right. Clasico. Sorry, does that mean five? Yeah. I'm, I'm confused. Yeah, Manita it means... is hand, so you... All five goals, uh, five fingers. It's okay. a standard manita, not, you know, maybe like an, a post-accident manita. Right. 
but it's a in Spain it's a particular getting five goals scored on you in 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 England is is bad but they don't really name something after it and they don't mock you as aggressively right there's a it's a particular point of of shame to get five goals scored on you gotcha especially in in the classico yeah i learned this when i was in valencia and inter milan scored five goals against valencia in the champions league and it was in Valencianos, or I think they just put it in Italian. I think they said vergonza. <laughs> Shame. I mean, what is okay, going on, so Sergio Ramos? I'm going to touch. I'm going to touch on this a little bit in my saku, but <laughs> I don't know about you guys. I don't get the impression that Sergio Ramos is a big thinker of the game. I've never gotten that impression from him. <laughs> well, the, the, my my hesitation was when you said of of the game, soccer, implying L game. L game. Maybe he was a thinker of other things. Like it could have gone out one of two ways when Ronaldo left. You could have either needed you could you could have treated Ronaldo as a structural element that needed replacing via a coach and a strategy, or you could have treated it as a freeing element that allowed other players to, to step up and fill that void and express themselves. Yes. And that Lopetegui chose the wrong tack. Or that, not Lopetegui, but Florentino Perez chose the, the wrong track in, in choosing Lopetegui. Yes. He made, well, he made the same mistake when they went from free-thinking players' manager Ancelotti, respected for... Well, for his accomplishments as a player and then his accomplishments as a coach, he just came in and said, guys, let's, you know, let's win. Let's, let's do this, right? And he didn't, it wasn't an overwhelming amount of structure. He's been criticized for doing the same thing at Bayern with little success, but it's something that works in a dressing room like Real Madrid. They replaced him with, nerd alert, Rafa Benitez, incredibly unsuccessful. They get rid of Benitez, they bring in Zidane. Again, another player's manager. Accomplishes a player, accomplishes a coach. With uh, the Castilla side, he was under Ancelotti, so he had a good sense of how to manage the personalities in the dressing room. Incredibly successful. You get rid of, again, a coach that's there for the players, and you replace him with another nerd alert tactic guy. <laughs> Like how, how did how did he, how did Florentino think that this this one was the one that was going to work? What was he going to do? Teach Modric how to pass better? Well, I think he's I think Florentino Perez is, is torn between getting a a manager that's going to to Bow be down to him and and having a manager that he can control. Right. I mean, the problem is right. Somebody who's going to tinker and do things like. What's the point? Like they've they've won three. What was it? Three Champions Leagues in a row. Is that? Yep. Four in the last five years. So it has been a while since they've won La Liga, but they've won yeah. three Champions Leagues in a row. And hey, you know what? I mean, if you're going to win Champions Leagues in a row, tell La Liga. As far as I'm concerned, um, that's probably something that Madrid fans would be like, no. I think a good amount of them would agree that. with you. I think Zidane was the probably the one disagreement there. I think most most Madrid fans are like, yeah, Champions League's are really fun to win. 
leagues are nice to win. Yeah, you want to yeah. win the league as well, but you're probably happier winning Champions League. Yeah. Measuring but yourself against the best of Europe. Bored with it. Yeah, until you get bored with it. Yeah. You know. Uh, so <laughs> you get tired of winning many Champions Leagues. I'm bored of it. <laughs> but again, but, you, you bring in a tinkerer. Yeah, so, but, but like, what's the point? You know, it's like, okay, you, you don't need to focus on tactics. You need to focus on somebody who can manage these players because obviously the tactics are working. Do you need to, I mean, short of, you know, filling in the, you know, the hole that, that Ronaldo left, what other tactic is there to, to really tinker with? You're well, just so nothing. You're just assigning player responsibilities and then making three substitutions a game. That's the way it should be. Yeah. But is it because... Yes. Three Champions <laughs> League say it is. <laughs> but you're not winning the Champions League again this year. Like, this team can't win the Champions League. Not, not with Lopetegui, who is, again, micromanaging. No. Or with anybody else, because, like, you see the, the way the team is being structured via transfers is young, young Spanish talent. Yet you've still got, basically... Sergio Ramos with a, a megaphone shouting Galactico over and over again and not letting somebody come in and mold this young Spanish talent that Lopetegui, I think, was was well placed to do. He just needed a little bit of time. Um, well, it seems like there's a... I mean, there's sure, a, yeah. I, ideally, he gets two years to develop all the young Spanish talent that Madrid had bought into yeah, a decent but, side, but that's we both know that's not a timeline that works with this particular club. No, but there's a rift. Like I don't understand why buy these, why why spend all this money, or or not much money. Not you're right, not a lot. Young Spanish talent. The perfect situation is you create an environment and a culture in the club wherein the younger players really become sort of. You create a culture at the club wherein the younger <laughs> players become apprentices to the older players that you're shelling out a ton of money for. My, my entire point is that. You can't bring in a micromanager into this team right now. Will there come a time when that's necessary? Sure. I think the age disparities in the team make it so that within the next three to four years, you're going to need a Del Bosque kind of person to come in. But right now? No. No, 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 no. Just let them so, win. Uh, Just let, let them keep on winning. Lopetegi. <laughs> it's like Luigi. It's G-U-I. Surely quite. it should be Lopetegi. No, anyway. but he's not Italian. It, is he not? No. Super Basque. Uh, Regardless of what he is, still fired. Super fired. That's Sack. right. <laughs> Which means... Do, 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 do Saku music. For those that don't know, because it has been a while since we've done Sakus, these are haikus for sacked managers. Traditionally, we only do them for English league managers, but... Because, you know, haikus are a traditional English poetic form. Yes. Right. That's right. We're taking on a more continental feel to the pod. So, so diverse. We're nothing if not diverse. <laughs> so, uh, who would like to... Who would like to start? Matt, would you like to... I mean, I wrote three, two of which are kind of uh, just silly silliness, 
one one is basically a real psycho. I, I only wrote I, one. Did you write one, Ian? I have. Well, I wrote one, and then I wrote, fixed and wrote, wrote a second one. So well, I, I have one that I'm willing to, to present. Okay. So how about how about we become the burger patties in your Big Mac if you want to do all three? Wait, no, that's not going to work because we we're going to need two more buns. No, he's got three. I, I could go. There's three. I could go. Then one of you could go. Then I go again. Then the other one of you goes. Then I go again. Thank you. I didn't think it was that difficult to explain. It's a Big Mac. We're the meat. He's the bread. All right. Well, you should have said that. I, I thought. I thought I did. I thought Matt was only going to do one. We've got two exposed pieces of meat. <laughs> you should never expose your meat, Ian. Keep that meat. Those damn dong waggles. <laughs> we need to go one pod without waggling our dong. You try. So <laughs> this happens. Expose your meat in public again. Okay. So Those crazy Texans. <laughs> Go ahead, Matt, since you're the top bun. <laughs> oh, no, Pad Thai guy. Wait, no, wait, wait. Oh, way, oh, no. way, too much, way too much sound coming through. Start again. I messed it up. Oh, no, Pad Thai guy. No danger noodles, baby. Oh, no, no noodles. <laughs> Oh, I knew I knew the noodles were gonna come back. I, I was wondering when the noodles were gonna come in. Are you gonna save your good one for the not your good one, but your? I don't know if, if the real one should be in the middle or the it end. Be, it should be at the end. Absolutely, okay, it should be okay, at the end. All right, that's the order I wrote them in anyway, so that's good. All right, I'll, I guess I'll, I'll go ahead and, and okay. do the first the first meat layer. Show us your meat. Expose your. Um, all right. So, low point Teggy out. Finger in. Conte maybe. Ramos holds his balls. Nice. Nice. All right, Matt. All right, it's it's me again. <laughs> low Pategi, eh? Low petty GGs, pet low, tee up, jetty what? <laughs> that was the jazz version of a haiku. Um, um, that's, that's the jazz version of trying to pronounce his name. Okay. Uh, right. Mine, okay, so. Oh, Saku, okay, uh, here we go. No nerds need apply. Julen's tiki taka sucks. Eh, a la Madrid. <laughs> Julen's tiki taka <laughs> sucks. <laughs> Classic. Classic haiku wordplay right there. It does suck. <laughs> I like it. <clears throat> All right. This one's this one's not so ridiculous. This one's this for is, the Nobel Prize for Literature. This is for this is for all the balls. Lost four and drawn two. Royal Madrid, Royal Shite. Blame the manager. 
Yeah. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at least, you know, d- draw some sort of compromise here for a golf clap, you know? All right. They did win today. 4 nothing. Yeah. Third yeah, tier mini, what, yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. Third, t- third tier. Barcelona squeaked out a win in the 91st minute against third tier. Uh, what do they play? Cultural. You know they're a big club yeah. if they start Cultural. <laughs> yeah, it was Cultural Leonesa. What's Cultural mean? Cultural. Ah. Uh, ah, uh, yeah. So, uh, I've got just a little bit of fodder, I guess, towards the end of the pod. Fodder away. Um, so there's a a third division uh, matchup between Unión Deportivo Payo Saco and Club Deportivo Barco. Is this Spanish? Yeah. Okay. It was aplazado <laughs> or, or postponed uh, because the the team bus, so Payosako is the team that was visiting, um, and and their the luggage holds on their bus wouldn't open when they got to the stadium, so and they couldn't get their kit stuff out. <laughs> they couldn't get their shoes or their shin guards or their kits, and the they posted pictures of so the home team tried to help them out and like we've we've got some some extra stuff. And like these are third Spanish league teams. They have no money whatsoever. So it's and, like somebody's old boots because yeah, pictures like oh yeah, this this you know the toes go on this one. They refused to play because or not refused to play, but like said they couldn't play because they didn't have things. They had like so they, we have no things. <laughs> so that we have none of the things. The home team tried to the shin guards, but there were only seven pairs. <laughs> the players showed pictures of, the, like, of holding up these boots that were like coming at, coming at, like the the leather coming apart from the the studs. <laughs> I mean that's 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 pretty standard for a third league match. But the could you not league. have sent somebody to? I mean, maybe they don't have enough money to go to the Cortingles, but <laughs> send them to Carrefour or send them to who knows, like. The, or they could have found someone, find somebody who could open the doors. I was, I was gonna open say, like, you don't the, have a locksmith somewhere. The undercarriage or whatever bit of it yeah, there was, or the entire mechanism destroyed itself. Like these things were were shut. So they're like, "Sorry guys, we can't play." And then on their way home, the poor bastards um, got stuck in a snowstorm, and the Guardia Civil closed the road that they were on, and I think they had to sleep on the bus. <laughs> Is this is this one of those cannibal stories? Do they have to like do no. they run out of food? And Soccer players, not yeah. rugby players. No, they just they ran out of shin guards. That was that was they it. They had to eat. They had to eat somebody's leg. No, it was just. And it we, was just we ran tweet. out of shin guards to feast on. We had to feast on each other. <laughs> Our normal shin guard bocatas were <laughs> were nowhere to be found. It was just like this little tweet that I read that I didn't fully understand. And so I, I delved into this a little further and it was turned out to be an amazing story. It was just the little explanation underneath the, the time and the uh, postponed 
abbreviation for the game. It said, No disputado al negarse a jugar el equipo visitante por no disponer de material deportivo tras averiarse el sistema de apertura de, de equipajes de su autocar. <laughs> Which basically translates to... Oh, that's enlightening. Game not played <laughs> because the visiting team didn't have any sporting material <laughs> after after a complete breakdown of the opening system of their of their their bus the opening system to the luggage compartment of their bus oh man official well, re- i don't know about you guys but i'm i'm waiting for the film version to come out <laughs> because oi it's, no abre it's be amazing <laughs> Pues no podemos jugar. ¿Vamos a casa? Sí, vamos a casa. ¡Ah, no! ¡Nieve! Keanu Reeves could be an English version. Well, thank you for listening to the Three Lives of Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, have a good day. Thank you for listening. It's been a lot of fun. Leave a rating. Leave a review. Just leave a rating. Don't bother with a review. Send a question. And comment. It's really good. Oh, questions and comments are great. Yeah. Twitter. Twitter. Well, yeah, we haven't done the listener comment, listener questions in a while. Yeah, at Three Linesmen. Twitter. The number three. Correct. Linesman. <laughs> Bye. Goodbye, guys. <laughs> Bye.